You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Kapow the Pop Culture Podcast. We're glad to have you. My name's Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. So, and uh, in deference to the Queen, we have taken a month off in mourning. Okay. <laughs> Hope you're able to get through that traumatic time in our nation's history without us. <laughs> Actually, yeah. we've been uh, we've been just traveling and some venting and some some uh, been leaving on the, the house on the road. Yeah. Yes, indeed. You started it all off. Yeah. First thing was the Mothman Festival, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I think it was the 20th anniversary mm. after that they canceled the last two years. I think it's been the 20, this was going to be the 20th anniversary two years ago. But this thing is enormous. Ladies and gentlemen, I saw anywhere, but someone estimated about 15,000 people. I saw one place said up to, could have been up to 25,000 people, like on a tiny little town in West Virginia, just descended for the whole weekend. It was, it was insane. I did not get there early enough. <laughs> I was still setting up the table. I was literally everything I laid on the table as I was unpacking the boxes. I was, is this for sale? Can I get one of these? Like, I made more sales before the table was ready than I've made it a normal show the whole weekend. <laughs> yeah, we had our new comics, so Pro Comics, uh, the Moth book, which was the uh, reason for the success. People love the the Moth tie-in story. That we did kind of a sci-fi uh, reimagining kind of a superhero supernatural mashup between an old public domain here from the '40s and the myth of the Mothman in Point Pleasant. So that, that's actually you can get the uh, the primer issue right now at SoproComics.com, and it has a flip cover. You get both covers, <laughs> both Imagine covers. That. Two covers on the same book, and you get them for five ninety nine. You don't even have to specify when you order. Nope. It. Nope. You get them both because that's just how it works. I thought there was going to be a variant or something. I've not heard anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, my lawyer advised me to not say that. Oh, but I wanted the I wanted the homage cover. <laughs> and you got to look at it. You got to read that side upside down. <laughs> now it was a fun time. A uh, yeah. million people. Everything to do there had a line three blocks long. It was crazy, crazy busy. And Sunday wasn't much slower. Normally, you know, Saturday on something like that is a huge day, and then Sunday's a lot less. Sunday was more manageable, but it still had a ton of people. So if you're into that stuff, it had, uh, you know, you could uh, go tour the museum. You could go, uh, they had uh, like hay rides out to the TNT area where all this stuff happened. Uh, you know, they had speakers there. They had tons and tons of vendors selling books and art and all kind of stuff. So it is quite a weekend, and it has grown exponentially. And it was a uh, it was our best show we've ever had by a factor of about ten. So, mm. 
Just got to work on that parking situation. Yeah, so it has less parking than Marietta and yeah. <laughs> drops a, a whole metropolitan city. Uh, yeah. Just wants to come join for a weekend. Bring, bring a dolly with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to haul all that merch away. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that's really good. I'm glad you guys did well. It, uh, you know, maybe next year Michael can go too, and you guys will even double your your profits of of this year's show. I'm getting there at six a.m. next year. <laughs> yeah, you said you had to you had to drive both days because you could, yeah. you couldn't find a hotel anywhere near. Well, it's it's just not worth the, you know the nearest hotels are like oh try to stay in Athens or, yeah. or you know, Wheeling or, or not Charleston or something, you know, you for, still, for people coming halfway across country, that makes sense. But you know, it's just an hour drive. No big right. Thing. No reason to stay another hour away. Yeah. So, but yeah, then, uh, after that, we, uh, Jordan and I took, uh, took a day, went to the Cincinnati comic expo. My first time to that event. So it was a lot of fun, big show, lots of celebrities. Um, but the, the main reason we went was so that, uh, uh, we could see or meet Larry Hama from uh, GI Joe. That was our big goal. First thing we did as soon as we got there. Friend of the show, Larry. Huh? Friend of the show, Larry. <laughs> so we you got recognized. <laughs> no, I was I was surprised too. I was surprised. They ask about <clears throat> when I uh, when I mentioned he he said, "Well, where are you from?" I said, "Marietta, Ohio," and he said, "Georgia," and I said, "No, Ohio." <laughs> <laughs> so then he, uh, he so yeah that was. That was my, you know, I, you know, I like cons. I don't want to look around, but he, he was the main reason I went. The main reason I would go to a con that far away is because I wanted to meet Larry Hama. So, yeah, we that's the first thing we did going through the door. Like, okay, before the line forms. And he never, I mean, there was always people at his table, but he never really had a line. Of course, no. Chris Claremont was caddy corner from him, and he had a line. Yeah, always. As we know, he's a very slow signer, Mr. Claremont. So. <laughs> He, yeah. he he had the longest line all day. So I think there was one guy standing there when we got there. Yeah, there was only a couple people around yeah. when we walked up there. So so here we. So I had I brought five books with me, and I never got I only got four signed by the time things were all said and done. So I. Jordan. Yeah. I pull out my GI Joe number three, and I lay it down there. I was like, oh, this. I try to like. I don't know. This is like the unspoken thing. Like, I I need them to realize. Like, I'm not like all these other people, right? Like, right. you're gonna say a thousand totally people different. today, but you know, <laughs> this means you know, this is important. I get you, Larry. I get you. So I tried. Like, this is the first comic I ever owned. I've read a thousand times. You know, just 
I'm not there to flip this on eBay. I'm not there for any of that nonsense. So, like, I want him to understand yeah. this is meaningful to me. He doesn't look up from his signature. Okay. Probably the first comic book I ever owned. Starting in a lifetime. You like it personalized. And so on the website, it said personalized autographs are free. Mm-hmm. Didn't specify it quantity or anything but uh issue if you got issue one or 21 signed there was a premium which those are the comics most people would resell or whatever that makes sense fine okay so he no react no emotional reaction to this being important to me so then i dropped down the wolverine issue <laughs> find my favorite covers yeah yeah signs it no comment <laughs> <laughs> I had another one of the more modern ones. I already had the the artist signature, so I just got his signature on that one. Okay, so after the second one, he goes. Um, now after two, there, there will be a premium on these. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'll pay. You know, yeah, I'm being greedy. I'm getting four comics. That's why I put the fifth one back in my bag. I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll just get. <laughs> oh, not a problem. Let me put this one. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fine. So I hand them this one. This was a variant cover of G.I. Joe's Zero. It had like three different short stories when they relaunched it at one point and had like the G.I. Joe book, the, GI, uh, the Cobra book, and G.I. Joe Origins or something. So it had like three stories from three creative teams. And he's he looks at it for a minute. He's like, I didn't do this one. After he signed it. He signed it, and then he goes, well, he I didn't do this. he started signing it. He's like, I didn't do this. He kind of flipped through it a second, <laughs> didn't recognize it. He was like, I didn't do this one. I was like, Larry, do you really think I'd bring you a book? That you, like, like do, do you know how mortified I would be to hand you a book that you didn't do? Like, you don't know me at all, Larry. <laughs> Did we not just talk about this G.I. Joe 3? We were way back. I was like, oh, that's the zero. I was like, that's just the variant cover of the zero issue. I just really like that cover. And like, he had already got finished. Like, he didn't care. He didn't care that he didn't do it. Nope. Because on it. Whatever. He's so like, look at this I'm, guy bringing this stuff yeah, over I'm, here. I'm not feeling great about this whole interaction. I've muffed it all. <laughs> I want to, I needed a, I needed a rehearsal with Nathan Fielder. I, I should have practiced this before I got there. So we get post for pictures. Nice enough. Cliff snaps our picture. I step out of the way. Cliff steps up. G.I. <laughs> Joe 21. The one with the premium, right? And Larry says, uh, this this is one of the premiums. Yeah. And I say, and no goes, problem. Nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> and he didn't charge Cliff the money. <laughs> he just signed it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? Why? He charged me. I, he had your money. I made a fool of myself somehow in his eyes. But Cliff... Cliff just skated by, got yep. three signatures. He's yeah. like, yeah, I, he looked at Cliff's, he's like, yeah, I did this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. This guy knows the actual yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's uh, pretty sweet. So. so I left that table in a little bit of a daze, like, that didn't go how I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. the day ended on a high note, We he had a panel at 1 p.m., which Cliff had to remind him to go to, right? Yeah. Good. Yeah. So <laughs> after, after we, we got our stuff signed with Larry Hama, we, we went through and, you know, just through the con and kind of split up there for a little while. And then <clears throat> we met back up for lunch and well, right before that I had, uh, 
I had Brandon, I was going through some old GI Joe comics and, and one of the vendors and I picked one up. I thought, you know what? I'm going to get, I'm, I'm going to press my luck here. I'm going to find one I like here. And, uh, even if I have to pay a little bit more for it and, and have him sign it. Cause there was, he was just sitting around doing sketches. He, I mean, he didn't have anybody in his table. I could see him. So I went back and I ended up, uh, having this whole conversation with Larry Hama about, uh, some ex-girlfriend from the late seventies he had in Columbus, Ohio, uh, after he figured out that I, we were from Ohio, not Georgia. And we had this weird conversation about, uh, how Columbus and it was the most plain city, you know, most common city in, in the United States. And that's where they tested out all this techie stuff back in the day. I was like, okay, great. Sounds great. And, uh, I, I said, now you're doing a panel today, right? And he's like, oh yeah. And he kind of looked at it and he goes, oh, it's in about 40 minutes. He goes, thanks for reminding me. So we went to this panel and, uh, and the panel was really good. It was a lot of fun. Uh, there couldn't have been more than, I don't know, maybe 20 people, 20, 25 people in the, in the whole thing with us. <clears throat> so it was more or less just him up there telling stories and talking. I don't know what the panel was even originally supposed to be about, but I think it just said a Larry Hama Q and a, it was just open. Yeah. 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 But it, it was, it was neat and interesting and uh, he dropped a lot of names there and uh, yeah, his career is like, you know, Oh, I apprenticed under Wallywood and worked <laughs> in a studio with Neil Adams and met Frank Miller when he was 18. Like he's been around the, you know, everyone Everybody. in the industry for 50 years. So. Right. And, uh, at one point, uh, towards the end of the panel, he made a comment about people, you know, handing him stuff and, and that he didn't do for him to sign. So we got to, we, oh, no, we he says, is, is there anything, somebody asked me like, is, is there something under the radar that people don't ever ask you about? And he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't even remember the stuff I did or yeah. I, half the time I don't even remember if I did it or not. Like, yeah, I know that <laughs> Yeah, we we got a laugh out of that. So, <clears throat> but it was good. It was real good. I had a lot of fun. There were a lot of vendors out there. Um, pretty, you know, pretty good variety. Pretty good mix of different things. I I felt like the show was so big I I didn't even see it all. Like I mean I made a couple rounds through it, but it was just there were booths everywhere and t- tons of people. You know, as we're you're trying to snake through them, and, and again on a Sunday, we went on Sunday, yeah. which should have been the you know more casual day, but it was, yeah. I would walk. Okay, I'm gonna go up this aisle and back down the other side, and it's like I get halfway, and like I can't even get up this aisle, so yeah. I'll go that way and then come back around. So yeah, I don't know if I got to every every nook and cranny or not. I doubt it. Right. Exactly. So, but yeah, it was good. I don't know. Is there anything else that, that I missed? That, well, I just, I did, I ended the day, I, uh, so they asked if there were any questions during the panel and nobody raised their hand. So they just went on talking. I was like, I should ask a question. I was like, I was like, I need to redeem myself after yeah. this awkward thing. So a guy later, a guy asked a question. So at the end, they're like, we got time for one more question. So I raised my hand. And I was like, and I said, I just wanted to congratulate you on 300 issues of, of, of GI Joe. And there was a smattering of applause. I was like, yeah, I got an applause line. All right. 
and I said, you know, you've, you've now you've done almost as many at IDW as you did at Marvel. I was like, was I was like, what was the original plan? I was like, was there a set number of issues you were supposed to do, or was it this open ended? And he he talked about how much he loved working for IDW and that it was, uh, you know, they never told him what he could or couldn't do. He wasn't trying to push yeah. the envelope, but you know, he, they just left him alone until whatever kind of story he wanted, and he appreciated that, so he just kept doing it. And then he said he fi- he had just finished the script for three hundred one. Yeah. Which was, I think, a little bit of news because they haven't even announced who has the rights now to, to, to GI Joe. It's leaving IDW, right? So I don't know that anyone even knows that there's going to be a 301. But he's he's written it already, so yeah, he's ready. <laughs> we were the first to know. <laughs> so yeah, was, uh, yeah. Quick good trip, day. quick trip up and back. <clears throat> good, a couple good anecdotes out of it, and some yeah. autographs. Got those Batman animated series folks on a poster yeah jordan got jordan got a bunch of stuff signed um i did not i dropped more money than i wanted to i what i think that i I think i described it as a i I spent a reckless amount of money as i think how i described it but you only live once so right right yeah jordan had made that money gonna keep you warm when you're old (laughs) a poster is he made the comment as we were we were uh coming into town about the amount of money he had on him. And when it was time to leave, he said, I can fold my wallet in half again. I think it's time to leave. <laughs> yeah, Cause I was getting ready the night before and I had all this change from Mothman festivals. So most of my cash was fives and tens. And I tried to, well, my wallet literally <laughs> fold. I was like, all right, I've never had this problem before. We, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it, it the adventure but continued. I really, I really the problem real quick. Look, do you still use a wallet like that, a folding wallet? I do. I I still have a a regular traditional. Now mine is it, it's um it, I don't know how to describe it. It's a little larger, so um it flattens out more than like I've had some wallets that, especially if you've ever had one of those trifold ones. It's like a meatball in your back pocket. You know, it's terrible. So I've got one now that that's a little bit larger, so it folds flatter, and it's not as uncomfortable. But yeah, yeah. So I've always, uh, for the past fifteen years, I bet I've just carried a one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, whatever. It doesn't fold. It's just yeah. one little rectangle that I put in my front pocket with my cards in it. And it's so much easier to sit down. You I, know, and I think that's my issue. Occasionally I have a few dollars in my pocket, but if I have, if I have to carry about, you know, some cash, I have a money clip that I'll get out of the drawer, but usually I just have cards in a little nothing wallet. It's very freeing. And I never have to worry about anybody trying to grab it out of my pocket because mm-hmm. it's in my front pocket. Yeah. See, I, I don't, I think that's what, I don't know if I could get used to that being in my front pocket. Oh, it's so great. Like it's just always been, you know, just right there. And I I, I don't know, mentally. It's a thorn when you sit down. Well. That that (laughs) thing in your back pocket. It's a weird, I do, you know, I'm constantly like, I check keys, phone, pocket, you know, wallet back here. I do that all the time. And if, and if something is not where it's supposed to be, I kind of panic a little bit, 
it's just like a weird habit I have now. <laughs> but I constantly, even when I'm out in public, I'm like, keys, phone, wallet. Okay, I'm good. But yeah, it's weird. So we I'm have trying to uh, emasculate the wallet industry, yeah. apparently. I, that's what Fox News would, the headline would be that I'm taking away men's wallets oh. in their back pockets. And, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the last little thing I would say is we, we had a little experience at a Red Robin, Jordan and I did. It's one of the strangest uh, dining experiences I've had lately or for a while. And uh, we went, we stopped at a Red Robin because we were feeling good, mm. get something to eat. And they sat us first, they sat us at this tiny little table. Well, first, they told us it'd be 20 minutes to a half hour. The parking lot was uh, empty. It's like, we're tired of looking, we're tired of driving around, but we're just going to sit here and wait. The place was half empty. There was yeah. no, there were literally 30 empty tables and they made us wait 15, 20 minutes. And then so when they uh, did automatically we're a little bit off our yeah. game here. Yeah. They, they put us at this tiny little table. We probably waited what? 10 minutes waiting on somebody to come over. And then the, the waitress was fighting over whether or not it was her table or not. And then they could not take our order because the little digital machine on the table, I don't know what the problem was there. Somebody hadn't paid before us or what. They ended up moving us to another table. I don't know why they just couldn't switch the little machine out, but whatever. We, we They put us at a normal size table. And uh, the food was really good once we got our food, but we had a, kind of a strange server. And uh, I, yeah, the, and I didn't understand the server was this weird middleman between the robots and the kitchen. We're like, the, our, our server didn't service anything. No, we nothing. asked, hey, can we get a refill and some napkins? And she had to type it into a, a computer, and then somebody else came out of the kitchen and brought the refills and the napkins. A different like, so person what? every time, yeah. So, like, I don't <laughs> quite get yeah. why can't we just push the button and cut you out entirely, <laughs> right. So then self checkout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. She came over and we're like, uh, you know, brought her checks over and we're like, yeah, we're ready. And uh, they just expected us to, you know, pay with a card, which neither one of us was going to do. We both had cash. We, they didn't hear the wallet stuff. Yeah, the, exactly. You guys both fucking whip them out. Should have seen their, her face. Yeah. Yeah, no, she, uh, so, uh, it, mine, my, my bill was like $17. So I hand, I, I get my, I, I was like, can you, can we pay in cash? She goes, yeah, sure. Right here. I'll, I'll take it. Hand her a $20 bill. She takes it. Doesn't attempt to make change. Just looks at me. <laughs> and she's like, oh, do you want change? And I'm like, no, just keep it. If, if it's going to be that way, I don't split I, it, split it with the robot. There's going to be five other people that have to come out and, and give me each <laughs> dollar bill back. I don't want to, I've spent enough time here. <laughs> and, uh, then I made the mistake of, uh, asking for a, uh, a Coke to go. And, uh, she just stood there and stared at me. And I literally said, um, are, are you going to go get it? And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. 
and some she get, she said something about we have people that do that or something like that. She was paying them to to do that for her. I don't know. My people of people. Yeah, I don't know the logistics in the restaurant business, but yeah, somebody else came out and brought clearly coke to go. So, so that was it. It's interesting. Yeah. Seth, you got out to a concert, didn't you? Yeah. I was just thinking about where we <laughs> ate before. <and laughs> we waited some, I don't even know what it was, some fucking restaurant. But we we wa- walk in and there's like a bunch of people standing in the lobby and they said, it's going to be 45 minutes. And it looked like there was no one in the restaurant. That's Nick's how they like, get you. And Nick's, get like, Nick's like, it's 45 minutes. It's like, no, it isn't. I was like, we're sitting in the bar. We went up, walked up, just got a table in the bar. Like, just like, look at all these suckers set, standing out there waiting for a different table. But uh, that's my restaurant story. Um, then, um, yeah, I went to the, this was the Nine Inch Nails concert, Hall of Fame concert they were going to do a couple years ago. And they uh, was all centered around this final show at blossom in cleveland and uh it's freaking great they uh had uh they were at the hall of fame the day before and had like all the most of the previous members over the years uh touring guitarists and things like that <clears throat> yeah the one guy i think there was some tension i think uh, uh trent had told the one guy R- richard patrick to uh um, when he when he left the band in like '89, he's he's like, "What am I gonna do?" He's like, "Go deliver pizzas, whatever." Like that guy went on to start Filter, and um, their big song was "Hey Man, Nice Shot." But he uh, anyway, I didn't put two and two together when we were at the concert, like that, which was phenomenal. It was great. We're having a great time, and then the last five songs or so, they they played us. Uh, tour debut of Eraser, my, like probably one of my favorite Nine Inch Nails songs. And then they started bringing, you could see the camera on the guys in the backstage. They had all these old members there and they brought them out one at a time. They ended with him and he came out right at, as the, where the lyrics would start well into the song. And he, and he sings them, this Richard Patrick, which if you don't know, he is the brother of the T-1000, Robert Patrick. So he got out there and sang and then they played hey man nice shot with you know nine inch nails as the band and that's never happened and probably never happened again and so it was a great concert it was great nick said it's probably his best concert he's ever been to it's good and so this was making time. up to him he said he, he thought he was a little young the last time yeah he, he was he was 14. And then regretted it. Yeah, he was 14. I think I went in 2013 to see Nine Inch, and he he was 14 at the time. And I just it's like I don't know. I wish I had just ended up taking him back then, but yeah, but I made it up to him, so that was good. I saw I saw today they were so they sent me something selling uh like commemorative things from that concert. I was like, ah. Eh. I was there. I remember. I don't need a poster that said I was there. I'll remember. 
Yep, that was a good trip. Good times. Drove by some scary ass uh, Halloween decorations in people's yards in late September. Bunch of freaking dolls and bloody things. Fucking dolls tied to the mailboxes. <laughs> bloody Elmos and all kinds of stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, you, you should go back Christmas time and see what they what they did. Oh yeah, I should. All right, so that's our uh, many adventures across the great state of Ohio. So why don't we uh, talk what we've been watching lately? Should we start on uh, Disney Plus? What's uh had a couple big launches over on Disney Plus? Yes, always That's good. To steal from the Empire. You just walk in like you belong. They're so proud of themselves. So fat and satisfied. They can't imagine that someone like me would ever get inside their house. Cassian Ander. The Empire is choking us so slowly. We're starting not to notice. What I'm asking is this. Wouldn't you rather give it all to something real? I need all the heroes I can get. For the greater good. Call it what you will. Let's call it war. Endor, Star Wars. With all the Ewoks. Endor, Endor. I wish. <laughs> I was trying to get you. Yeah, you're all hyped to talk about Andor, and then I <laughs> the Ewoks. You're missing out on Andor. Oh man! Oh, when's that sad. coming out? So as we speak, we've had five episodes. I'm not sure how long. I don't know what the total number is going to be at the end. You know, I meant to look the other day, and I forgot. Well, so we uh, spoilers for Andor. Um, at least first five episodes. There's not a lot of, I, I don't have a ton of notes. There's not a lot of plot heavy stuff to get through. There's not a lot of cameos to talk about. Like it's been a pretty simple story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not a, criti- it goes, not a criticism. For it me. runs it, to Thanksgiving. It's like uh, 12 episodes. Okay. Oh, wow. That's good. We're seeing the, uh, you know, the, the uh the dark times the uh kind of the the kind of boring day-to-day stuff a lot of it of of the empire you know just running it and you know how they're sure big bad and evil but um so before there's a full-on rebellion yeah yeah and, and it's, it's a lot of it's not just empire some of it's just like corporation armies like it's not they're not real clear on that those aren't just all imperial groups of uh guards and stuff i think it's more no, like the corporate their corporate security uh, yeah 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 forces which is an interesting thing because it makes sense on on some of these you know you you would imagine some of these plans planets that are not in the the central part of the galaxy they're on the outer you know mid to outer rim and rather than you know while the empire is still growing and 
and uh, uh, sieging power um, that they would they would use things like corporations to uh, to do part of their dirty work. You know, like subcontract them out almost. <laughs> yeah, this story is not lightsabers and force wizards and space battles. This is more day-to-day kind of a... It's a side of Star Wars I haven't seen before. You know, the yeah. Day-to-day life on a couple different planets. There's a very urban, you know, a, a Coruscant. We get some, you know, some of the, the, the wheeling dealing there. We get, you know, some of the, you know, the, this, this out of the way garrison that the empire has. So it's just kind of a street level view of star Wars rather than, you know, the, the war parts. That we used to right. And, and a great, you know, I, I, I really like rogue one. <laughs> Even if it wasn't the, the the final product of that movie wasn't what it was originally supposed to be or what the whatever the original script was, I still really like parts of that movie. And taking a, a character like Cassie and Andor that was you know, just had one movie and kind of developing him and we're seeing his history and how, you know, he came up through it and uh uh became a spy and a and a you know, a, a, a name in the, in the rebellion. It, it's interesting. There's a lot of characters. Um, a couple of those first episodes I, I had to watch twice to just kind of get a better uh, feel of, of who was who and what their place was. But, but yeah, I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, <clears throat> without giving too much away about it. I, I, I I'm, I'm thankful that it's going to be 12 episodes or whatever, because I feel like there's a lot of story to tell still. And uh, we're just kind of getting to the good, the really good part right now. So I get that does make sense. I saw somebody say they're basically like three episode arcs. Like they dropped the first three on the first day it debuted. Right. So, like, so this, we've had two episodes of build up to this, this robbery Based. of the garrison. So if we do that next episode, that'll be a three episode. So like, I guess that's, it seems to be yeah. the structure of the thing. Eventually, they're going to have to skip ahead. Yeah. I listened to an interview with Tony Gilroy, who was the guy that saved Rogue One and came in and fixed that stuff at the end and is writing all of this. And he's like, he's really good. Uh, it's They're so lucky to have him attached to this and like running it. And he's just, he, he gives it that. Like all of the this latest episode, just that it just feels so much more real and than anything I've watched of Star Wars in the last <laughs> few years. I mean, I like Mandalorian yeah. and stuff, but it's it's all jokey. It's always got the jokey stuff, which is Star Wars. But the, I like this Star Wars too. Like this, very very serious. Everything's serious, you know, <laughs> and and. Every, every character in this group of, you know, has a, you know, has some meat on their bones. You know, it's got, it's got, a good, and they slowly are peeling back layers of people and making them real characters. Yeah. And like we get Mon Mothma, but that doesn't feel like a, Hey, I recognize her. Like it, it's not just a, a reference. It's, it feels yeah. like, you know, an important right. character. Yep. Well, yeah, and, and like you said, it, 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 I think it's the how each character 
comes about and plays a part and because we're it's a pretty big story i think uh, in the end it will be but uh taking you know people from coruscant the capital the big city those characters and and how they're you know funding the rebellion uh onto these you know these vast far off planets that are being mined for their resources as the empire does and then the empire will move on but these, you know, these farmers or these dirt people that are, that are, you know, taking up arms, trying to just win one little victory at a time, trying to get, gather information, trying to, you know, to play their part in the rebellion and how each of those characters kind of, they, they interact and, and run into each other. It's an interesting thing. I, I really like it. I really do. Um, so far. So it's a lot less star starships and space battles and a lot more politics easter and, eggs yeah so yeah a lot of easter eggs this so. a, yeah I'm a, I'm a lot less yeah I'm a, i like the uh just clean gritty slow pace small stakes lo, mm-hmm. small small little things that build up to bigger things and yeah it's like that it's i'm really liking it i like the droid with the missing parts and stuttering, <laughs> like the old, you know, the a droid that's fast as prime. He has an anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I so. like the, I like the, the the Mothma, you know the the strain, you know, seeing her relationship with uh, Mister Mothma, whatever his name is. Yeah, that, uh, he's, that's he's, Dad he's Mothma. Mister. <laughs> Man, man, she's Mothma. mom, Martha. Mon, she's hey, mom she's mom, Martha. He's man, Martha. I the one scene though in this latest episode, I was, I feel like I've seen it multiple times in movies. Is like, uh, parents gonna try to connect with the kid and do something, and oh no, you never did anything. Just don't worry about it. But you're off the hook. I was like, gosh, I, this seems so. Uh, I've seen this a million times. That that scene kind of annoyed me, but I really like her. I really like mm. that actress. Like she's yeah. We're getting it's... we're getting the complication of you know in this very public role. How does she help the rebellion like you know, without endangering herself? And then her idiot husband is just like, yeah, I'm not really into politics. That's everyone who says. <laughs> You know, someone with the privilege to not have to worry. You know, the stakes yeah. don't matter to him. That's like anyone who says, "I don't follow politics. It's not important." Yeah, because right. it's not not impacting you directly. Right. Like that was a good little uh, moment there between them. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting uh, thing they've done. You know, when when you see those those scenes, you know, in the art gallery or whatever, and everything's so clean and pristine. You know the the car or the speeders they're driving around look like you know oh, immaculate, freaking awesome! Yeah. I love that when it. I love that her vehicle is just like this, uh, you know, sleek. Yeah, yeah. she's because she's like in the in the she a rich bitch. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just I love that. And then is that yeah we don't get a lot of that in the in the movies you know, we get the rusty old spaceships you have to bang on the you know the sides to get to work like which I love about Star Wars the the lived in retro universe of it all yeah. 
and these yeah so i i, I it's cool to see the opposite side yeah it was that and the nice very to... sterile empire you know everything's just white and gray and yeah know. yeah yeah and then we have this whole set of characters that are literally living in you know huts uh down on the planet uh you know conspiring trying to stay unnoticed and hide their, their guns and weapons from the TIE fighters flying by. So when you see a freaking <laughs> TIE fighter, it's a big deal. Like it's, yeah. there, there's when that TIE fighter kept tearing across there, I was like, that was awesome. Like <laughs> just like, just the, the little bits of it make it feel so real uh, and lived in. Like you could be, you're, you're just these people living in the dirt in your huts and like this this technology is just up there you know it's always there it's like coming by to you know put the thumb down on you and uh, you can't combat that you know i think we're going to get another one of those uh space monorail trains like in solo too so that part yeah i thought that's the first thing i thought i was like this Mm. is didn't we do this didn't we do a train Okay, we're going to bring this back. All right, sure. So they're going to take it off the rails this time. But, yeah, it's a good show. I like that you can eat your trick cereal with blue milk. That's a good yeah. that's, that's Any corner of the empire, you can still get a healthy breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Yeah, I could see. So yeah, I could see Star Wars fans not liking it if you you know you're not into the the day to day stuff and you want to just see Jedi's fight Sith. That's that's a valid opinion. But I could see fans really digging into the the lore of all this and like we're getting the very nitty gritty. You know what what the prequels did wrong about Imperial trade routes and all the the, the stuff that was just yeah. not interesting. Well, you know, I feel like this show's doing much much better. It's that's that's interesting because as you say that you know I hear George Lucas you know always saying well it's, he made it for twelve year olds but yet I feel like this is like adult more adult Star Wars because like hey they said shit there's a guy that says oh shit like this has to be for adults yeah. in Star Wars yeah, kids aren't gonna like this no I, I've, <laughs> I've, I've I a guy at work was like we sat down to watch it my daughter was like this is boring. <laughs> Like, well, but don't you is... see the piping on his uniform? Look how yeah. right. That is. right, exactly. Didn't they even say that? They even yeah. said <laughs> he piping. Says, like, he added his own piping. <laughs> like yeah. that's my kind of office. <laughs> yeah. Takes pride in a uniform. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I like that. I like that they're still focused on that character. Like where it's ultimately going to, you know, they're going to obviously come back around together yeah. at some point yeah and that off. guy okay he's the villain right but what has he done villainously like yeah. he's trying to solve a murder like right. he's trying to do his job and you know get to the bottom of this crime yeah he might under his, he might end up command. being being a, a yeah yeah in the rebellion at the yeah. end for all we know that's what i keep waiting oh, on on i want to see the rebel uniform yeah oh man <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> He's like, wait, just let me rip this piping off my old uniform. Put it on this tunic. You'll have the shiniest X-Wing pilot. They're like, you can't be out here. Hide him under the tarp. Yeah, TIE fighters love piping. They can zero right in on piping. They'll see it every time. (laughs) 
Ugh. Yeah, they're gonna retcon it so he's like at the Battle of Indoor or something. Is like right. one guy in the camo with like shiny piping all over. His He'll head. have the cleanest uniform there. Yeah. He was there the whole time. So, speaking of adult adult themes, you guys all caught okay. up on She Hulk. Hmm. Yes. We still loving yeah. it. Got the ketchup and mustard suit. Mm-hmm. For Daredevil. Mm-hmm. This show is only nine episodes. Hmm. So we only we are at episode eight as we record. So we've only got one left to go this first season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are exciting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... uh, let's just do. I'll just do the episode. Okay, go through. All right. So again, spoilers for She-Hulk. We're going to talk plot points. So episode five was the Titania copyright case, where uh, Titania was using the name brand She-Hulk to sell makeup and nonsense, <laughs> and we had to bring all her, uh, we had to bring Jen's all her old bad dates back yeah. as witnesses in the courtroom so a parade of these losers she went out with we get so we you know tying in the, an earlier episode to you know make it make sense later uh we met luke the costume designer they called the drip broker who makes all these fancy suits for heroes and is a bit much he's a yeah. bit extra uh, and then at the end of that one, we saw the, the Daredevil helmet sitting there waiting to be picked up. So that was episode five. Okay. We knew we knew Daredevil was involved in some way. They made us wait. They made us. We thought it was. Made us wait. Thought it was D Man. We hoped it was D Man. <laughs> no, D Man could still appear at some point. We don't know. We got an episode left. Never give up. All right. So episode six was the wedding. What she called a self-contained wedding episode. She's like, I know it's inconvenient, but so are all weddings. Which, yes, that's clever. Uh, so yeah, we we had just teased Daredevil. It's like, no, nope, we're gonna stop and go do a, a separate wedding episode. Uh, so we had the we introduced Mister Immortal on that one as kind of the B story with the the lawyer still back, you know, at the office, going through his divorce case. This is the he's from the. Uh, Great Lakes Avengers this character. Every time he dies, he comes back to life, so he is immortal. Went out the window. I thought I was watching Riverdale when he did that. Dive. <laughs> I he thought did that of that swan too. He did that swan dive right out the window. It's like, hey, I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> that was good stuff. Uh, Titania was at the wedding. They had a, a fight there, uh, and we learn about the, the Intelligentsia, the website for hateful man babies. Where all the online hate and death threats are coming online. So Intelligentsia, that's a Marvel thing. It was a team of all the smart bad guys, so like Doctor Doom and Modok and the Leader and all these like uh, you know, yeah, super Hulk, smart. Hulk villain, yeah, Hulk, yeah so, uh, genius Hulk villains <clears throat> all got together to be the Intelligentsia. So obviously it's going to be something different. Here and these last two, there were no post credits for the last two. So the first, 
first four episodes, they, they set us up expecting these post credits scenes and then they just stop doing it. They just want to watch me fast yeah. forward through the end credits every week. How dare they? <clears throat> so episode seven, uh, this dude Josh that she met at the wedding. There's a dating montage of them getting to know each other. Uh, but she gets called away, and the the, the majority of the episode is at uh, Emil Blonsky's retreat, <laughs> where he's trying to help this this team of uh, super weirdos, including Manbull, who was a weird lab experiment. Don't ask. <laughs> and El Aguila, who is not a matador, <laughs> and they are possibly codependent. They're still trying to work that out. Um, then we had the porcupine and Saracen, who might be a vampire, who I'd never heard of before. But one of the books I bought at the con, I was flipping through and I saw some reference to Saracen. I was like, holy cow, how did I pick the one book this wow. dude is appearing in? Uh, it was like a Punisher book, too. I don't know why the Punisher was worried about a vampire, but hey, whatever. Uh, and then the Wrecker was there. So one of these dudes that Jen had fought earlier with the enchanted weapons was also there, but they decided you know, to try to work through their issues and Jen joined the group therapy. They talked through things and got, you know, got, got to trying to heal each other. Uh, so when the, she finally got to leave, oh, cause her car got damaged and she couldn't leave was the idea. They damaged her car. Uh, the tow truck was from slot towing company. Dan Slott wrote a long run on She-Hulk, uh, early 2000s. So there's a little Easter egg for you. So when she gets back, we learn that Josh is not mm. a good uh, date. He is actually good, he's a bad, bad Josh. Deal. He is actually the Hulk King, who was his avatar on the Intelligentsia website. And he stole her blood and cloned her phone and then ghosted her. Bad Josh. Don't trust anyone named Josh. <laughs> Never have. Nope. All right. So the last one we have seen is episode eight. And we got Leapfrog, who's a, a good uh, comedic villain to bring in. Sometimes hero. Uh, so... They are suing this guy, Luke, who, who made a faulty outfit, they say. And we see opposing... Who is, who is the opposing counsel? None other than Matt Murdock. Charlie Cox returning to the role of Daredevil. Jen looks at the camera and says, who's this a-hole? <laughs> Which I, I just loved it. That's great. Everyone's waiting for Daredevil. And she's, <coughs> she's, she's not having it. Uh, they get into a fight at some point. Obviously, the, the heroes have to fight first before they... they they team up. She makes fun of his ketchup and mustard color scheme and wins the court case. Uh, so the guy goes from trying to be a hero to being a villain, and he kidnaps Luke, wants him to make a new outfit for him. Both Jen and Matt end up at the same place to, to rescue him. We almost get another Daredevil hallway fight. Almost. Set it up perfectly. We're going to have a hallway fight. Oh, no, Jen interrupted it. Again, subverting what we think the fans want to, like, you know, thumb our nose a little bit. 
She goes, She-Hulk smash. There's chemistry there. They end up hooking up. Matt ends up walking home with a walk of shame. <laughs> and you think the episode's over, but it's not. There's something tacked on. There's a scene tacked on, and she's worried that there, there's going to be a big twist coming in because it's, it's so weird to tack on. I really thought scene. they did that well. You know, they, I mean, they really, they had, you know, the, what we thought the story would be wrapped up there. Yeah. And then she, you know, her breaking that fourth wall again and, and talking about what, you know, is something else going to happen? Is there going to be a twist? What, what's going is on? There, is there going to be a red Hulk? Am I going to get fridged? What's going <laughs> to yeah. happen? So we get to the what, female lawyer of the year awards, which is ridiculous. And she gets... Is that what doxed or whatever they they, they mm. reveal her the, the contents of her phone? Josh filmed their encounter and uh, she starts losing her cool. And you know, is she going to play into the hands of the intelligence? Yeah, that she is a dangerous foe or not? So we got one episode left. We don't know how it's going to end, but I don't know. I'm I'm still enjoying it for the yeah. little half hour slices. It's not. I'm not taking it very seriously. I'm not expecting you know, a, a, a masterpiece of cinema or anything. It's just a fun, a fun a sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it has been up until this episode, at least the last few minutes of it. And, um, cause I was really digging, I was excited. Daredevil was back and he was in a suit and fighting along with her and doing Daredevil stuff. And then, you know, suddenly it, it, it took a turn there in the last few minutes. And I thought, wow, that's a really interesting um, way to go with it, you know, to the, the big bad ends up just being a, a re- revenge porn story and, you know, how they did it with, you know, she Hulk and the female character is, there's no real correct way for her to handle this because, if she goes ballistic, then, you know, like you said, she plays right into it and, you know, it's her fault. Um, but if she does the opposite, it's still her fault and she gets, you know, shamed for it either way. So yeah, I thought, I thought it was a very modern take, uh, interesting way to go with the, and I'm, you know, kind of sad that there's only one more episode left. Cause I feel like there could be a lot more, you know, we're just now getting to the, to the good stuff, to the, to the, you know, the, the big villains of the, of the show. We don't even know who it is yet. So really you just see guys in masks. Yeah. I, I rewatched, uh, it was incredible Hulk, whatever the 2008 one was. And that has the abomination in it. Who's mm-hmm. barely a character. He's just a, a mercenary, you know, then gets turned into the monster. And then it has the thinker who is only in it for a few minutes. That's uh, the guy from, uh, shoot, what's his name? Tim Old brother where I, uh, Tim Blake Nelson. So they tease that character does exist in the Marvel universe. And that's a lot of people assume this intelligentsia was him, but it's like he, that's that's a lot to throw into one episode. To one yeah. episode, that's if, if that's it. But, well, we, yeah, we, it's weird. I think you can drop pretty much any character from Marvel into this show, and it's fine. But I'm I'm wondering how we take Jen out of this show and put her in. You know, is she going to appear in some Avengers movie or somebody else's right. show? Like, it's going to be a strange tonal shift 
have have her outside of this this universe. I don't know. True. And and they have they have confirmed uh, Timothy Blake Nelson for to come back as the leader, right? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I saw that. I'm sure I've heard that, but I don't, you know, I don't know whether that was. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, 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 that's very true though. Like how, how do you pluck her into a normal Marvel MCU movie or whatever without breaking the fourth wall and doing all this crazy, you know, I don't don't know. They need to have, they need to do a She-Hulk and Hawkeye miniseries I think they'd be a good match I don't th- I don't know that they've done any of this wrong any of these series wrong so far so whatever they want to do I'm on board for <laughs> at this point <sighs> anything else on the B plus I saw uh, Werewolf by Night drop today. Mm. None of us have had a chance to check that out yet. That is the, quote, Marvel Studios special presentation. It's just a one, uh, they're calling it a movie, or I don't know what, a made-for-TV movie. I don't know what they're calling it, but it's just a, a standalone single thing. So I'm very curious to check that out during the Halloween season. Hmm. No, um... I don't know that I've watched anything else on Disney Plus. Mighty Ducks is back, but I haven't checked it out yet, so no more Emilio. They've dropped in Josh Dumel. So but I'm sure I'll watch it. Alright then, so that will do it for this episode of KPP. Thank you for listening. Check out our Patreon. And we will be back soon with more television that's a month old. Yay! <laughs> My name's Jordan Love. Cliff Barnes. South by forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at the Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow the Pop Cultured Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon-only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share.